0: Welcome to Project Gaia, a podcast about health, wellness, spirituality, and life. Join us as we discover and discuss various paths of healing and self-improvement. Some of us have a more difficult time than other people, and sometimes we don't even realize that we're going through grief. I think our society thinks that we need to heal very fast and uh, get back to our lives to, you know, be productive in society again. And sometimes we don't allow us uh, allow ourselves the opportunity to truly heal in what we need to, you know, be dealing with because a loss and dealing with grief is very tremendously difficult and we need to be able to heal and, you know, take our time in dealing with that loss in our lives. So we'll be talking about that, but first we will pull a card for the beginning of this episode, an intuitive message directly, you know, made from the angels for our listeners. So I'm pulling a card from Angel Wisdom Tarot. Card deck. It says, "Seeds well planted, efforts or investments that will be rewarded in the future. The need for patience, a time for resting, planning for the future, unnecessary worry." I think that's a great card because, you know, through this whole process, I think we've all been kind of dealing with grief, and this this has been a time of worry, and people are scared, and there's a pandemic still happening, and we're about to go through you know, a third wave and cases are all at an all time high. And a lot of us naturally are dealing with grief and this gives us a time. And I think this was really brought on for people to truly be able to go within, find the things that are serving them in their lives, aligning with what they need to be seeing and doing in their lives and letting the rest go. And that's also a great thing for grief, too, you know, being able to take the time that we need to heal. And it allows us to look at things in our lives that may not be serving us and things that we can welcome, you know, into our lives and truly align ourselves with what we truly need to be doing. Agreed. I think taking it, you know, taking a time for resting and planning and just the need for patience right now is just amazing a great card yeah totally we'll start off by talking about our own experiences with grief because grief can come in many different forms and I don't think people always realize that that grief can come into your life not only from the loss of someone in your life whether that be through death or ending a relationship but it can also come in other forms whether that's you know Losing a job, losing a home, losing something huge in your life that you had some attachment to. And it doesn't necessarily have to be huge. It can be something small as well. Anytime we experience loss in our life, we have the ability to have to grieve that specific thing. So is there some things that have come up for you in your life where you have dealt specifically with grief? Uh, Yeah. During um, a divorce I went through, it caused me quite a bit of grief. And then, which I dealt with by just doing a lot of spiritual growth, a lot of praying, a lot of going to church, a lot of um, talking with a Christian counselor, uh, just a lot of trying to stay home and heal myself. But I think also um, sometimes it's a loss of an idea of what you think your life will look like That is that causes a lot of grief as well. And I learned that a lot from our friend, uh, Denise, who's a grief she works with. um, She was working with angels across America with a great, and she knows a lot about grief counseling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so true, like a lot of us like have these expectations on our life, you know whether they were brought on to us like a, as a child of how we wanted our life to look like when we got to our twenties, our thirties, our forties, whatever, and when we get to that point and we don't have that, it's like we are all of a sudden like, What the hell, what am I doing in my life like I'm not up to society's standards or I'm not you know, supposed to be doing something this way, or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that's a really great point. Mm -hmm. I agree. I I see a lot of, I think that's why a lot of people turn to maybe alcohol or, or drugs or other things. It's because they're, they're disappointed in what, um, and it's actually, they're grieving. So they, they turn, turn to different things. Yeah, totally. I know for me, one of the first times that I dealt with heavy grief was when uh, my grandpa died. And that was like really difficult for me because I was, you know, living in Florida, playing softball at a college and um I remember like I had talked to him on the phone and I didn't know that was going to be the last time that I talked to him and then probably like a couple of weeks later or something like that, I got a call from my uncle and I was driving to like my house and he was like, you probably should pull over or something. And I was like, no, just tell me, tell me, you know? And then he was like, your grandpa died last night. And that was like so hard for me because that was my first time away from the family. And you know, not really having like my family support to go through that experience with me was like super difficult. And I, I, I didn't even know. I remember you kept giving me these like grief books because that grief experience took me years to get over. Mm -hmm. Years, and I think like sometimes society thinks like well, why does it take you years to get over your grandpa dying? You know, that's like not, that's not up to society standards. We're supposed to take a week and then get over it, but that's not how it works. Well, according sometimes. to work standards, one day, <laughs> you get one day off and you have to get back to work. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, You also were not only dealing with the loss of your grandpa at that time, you had just had, um, you had were also kind of grieving the loss of your your softball, so yeah, that dream of, of softball because you just gotten out of the hospital a few months beforehand, and so. yeah, and I wasn't performing the way I wanted to, so there's that idea and expectations of how I was like putting on my life that oh, just because I was in the hospital for three weeks and I took like. Two months off. I should be back to where I was before automatically, you know. And that didn't happen, and that was really hard. And then, on top of it, it was like that experience, and I was like so wrecked. Yeah. And I think, and I think a lot of people, like in your situation, you didn't. Um, sometimes, if you don't heal from one grief that happened long before, and then you add another one, and another one, and another one one that is really simple will be the one that affects you the most, like your fish diet, you know? Yeah. You don't, you, it's not funny, but I mean, you, um, it's just, that's where it all hits you. And it's really hard. Yeah, totally. I know like that actually happened like this week, I think, you know, a little bit for me, my, my pet, like, went to the hospital and she, an old roommate had left behind some Aleve pills in his room. And I didn't know that it was toxic to dogs immediately. And then once she vomited, I started looking at things and I didn't know that she actually ate it at first either. And then she ate it, she vomited. Then later she had blood in her stool and you know, I called the poison control line and they were like, you need to take her in immediately. And seeing all the things on the internet was like, it's fatal. And she's going to have kidney failure and all this stuff. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I think there's like, I had a pregnancy loss when I was like 24. And at that time, I did not heal from that. I went straight to drugs and alcohol, and that's all I did. I would lock myself in my room, didn't want to talk to anyone, everyone that said anything to me, including therapy, If you're not ready for help, it's not, it just, you push it away. Totally. Everybody does. Yeah, everyone does. And I I wasn't ready to get help at that time. I think I did like six months of that on and off while still trying to work and Be in a relationship that was super toxic. And then um finally I went to a rehab program. And that's really where I started to ultimately get on this journey of healing tremendously with everything. And with that, it's you know taken me a little bit longer to deal with that. I think I started to deal with some of the things this year because what happens when you have like undealt with grief. I think a lot of times that manifests into PTSD Mm -hmm. because you're not dealing with that grief in that moment or taking that time to heal. You're stuffing those emotions down with drugs and alcohol, food, shopping, any type of addiction, any way to avoid reality of what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Those emotions get stored in your body. And what happens with PTSD is your, your body stores that in your tissues. And then when you get triggered by something that is familiar or similar to what happened, then you you your body automatically and your mind puts you back into that state of when it actually happened. And so that while i've been doing a lot of work on ptsd this week this year i mean with going to therapy every week um you know there's it's a constant growing process to get rid of loss i'm a kind of person that it takes me years to get over things truly because Sometimes it's harder to deal with things. sometimes it takes time to get over things fully and um, I think that's really what it is is give yourself the time to truly heal. But what came up this week was on Monday night when she had to, and we're recording this on Friday, the Friday that it's gonna come out. But on Monday night when she went in, I was so devastated because I thought. I brought myself back to that moment of when I was having the pregnancy loss and I was like, why does why do I have to get everything that I love that's like a child in my life or, you know, some kind of like where I feel like a mother in the aspect. Why does that always have to get taken from me? Mm-hmm. And that was like really hard for me to deal with, you know? because i've been doing all this work i thought that when i was when i first had started having like really bad ptsd reactions to pregnancy loss earlier this year i was um had a lot of friends that were getting pregnant and i was happy for them but at the same time i was like well why can't that be me but it was weird because it's not like i really wanted that in my life at this moment you know it was still that ptsd reaction and then i had been doing all this work and i was actually able to like hold babies without any severe reaction and and before i wouldn't even want to be around a crying baby or anything like that i didn't want to be around it at all and i got to this point where i was okay with being around this stuff again and realizing and accepting that my time will come later on but then when that happened this week I was like oh my gosh and you know I took my time to cry and be upset and you came to see me and we talked about everything and um I think like then just doing a lot of like, what helped me in that moment was like, working with the angels, reaching out to my community, my spiritual communities, reaching out to you to ask for help, my therapist, everyone and asking for that support that I needed in that moment. And people showed up for me. And which is crazy, because this is a week where there's a lot of tension and negativity and just people are worried and scared and they don't know what's going to happen. And there, I mean, our whole country is about to go through a whole shift, whatever happens with the election. Um, You know, and people are scared there. They don't know what's going to happen. There's going to be civil unrest. There's going to be things. And people showed up when I still asked for support. So that was like, A huge thing, and my puppy ended up being fine through vet, going to the vet hospital, and everything like that. And it looks like she's going to be able to make a full recovery. But that was that moment where I saw that while I've done tremendous amount of work on that grief and that loss, I still have some underlying things and fears that I need to work on a little bit more. So it's a great opportunity, but sometimes it. I think with the way you worked on it this time, you work through it. Sometimes until you're really in the heat of something, it's hard to work through it. Does that make sense? Like tomorrow when everything's fine, it's hard to work through something that happened a long time ago, whereas you just went through something that was, and you worked yourself through it. So. Yeah, totally. I think like there's some things for sure. A lot of times, we avoid. I I've done that with grief, you know, for probably up until I got sober. Was dealing with grief by avoiding what was happening. Like I didn't go to therapy or reach out to a lot of people when my grandpa died. Like I really wanted to be like inward and then I would drink and then if I drank too much, I would end up calling people and being crying all the time. And I wasn't dealing with it. But sometimes it's too heavy for us to deal with in that moment, exactly what you said. And we but the thing is, we're gonna have to deal with it, no matter what. And mom, I think you're like a really great example. Because I think the way that we've dealt with grief is like very contrasting. Like I've typically avoided and like, before I got sober and, um, had to deal with my grief much later, but you are a great example of dealing with your grief in that moment because it was so heavy that it was affecting everything else in your life. And you had responsibilities that you knew that you needed to heal in that moment in order to push forward in your life to have a better life and to change it to how you wanted it to. Yeah. In order to function, I had to, I wasn't functioning well and I didn't have the option because I had two little kids. So, yeah, I know. And I just, I mean, to me, I think when I look at your life, I'm like, wow, just you being able to come from a long line of people that have drank on both sides and, you know, things like that, or maybe not a long line on the dad's side, but definitely, you know, it's really hard to yeah. deal, that, deal with that. And then you just become like, you're like, no, I'm not going to have that in my life type of thing. And you've been able to, I think like, I remember you talking about this all the time. Like when you were a kid and your grandpa died, mm-hmm. that was like really hard for you. So yeah, that was yeah, like, like four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but even like, yeah, it was probably hard for you when you had to deal with grief when your parents separated and stuff. Um, That's definitely fearful. And then also, I think, I think there's like a form of grief where like people who grow up in households that are not healthy, like it's very dysfunctional. There's a lot of shame involved and you got to work through that shame like for me I was really embarrassed of um my my family growing up and you know and I had to work through that shame of I thought everybody had this perfect family and I was the only one who did not and it was it was really hard that was really hard on me I was I didn't trust people I was really quiet I you know and so working through that um where a lot of people have have a lot of there's a lot of dysfunction out there and we don't know who's going through what at what time it's our job to be kind and supportive to everybody at all times. Yeah. I think like, that's so true. And that's like a great example of, sh- of uh, grief manifesting into different emotions or different, different things. So, we talked about grief manifesting in PTSD when you're not when you're not dealing with it and then grief manifesting into beliefs about our life you know if we if we um, if we're not meeting a certain expectation and we look around and we think the whole world is perfect and and we're the only different ones that's going to manifest into shame guilt yep. you know us thinking negatively about ourselves and that's so such a good point. And I think like the shift from like, I remember the nineties were really like that when I was a kid, you know, people had to have these keeping up with the Joneses type mm-hmm. stuff. And then that was like a really cool thing. Like as we moved further into the 2000s, it was like, no, we're breaking that. Yeah. You know? But a lot of times like we're trained to still think like that. I know some of my friends, they, because I had to deal with this too, when I was getting sober, because I always told myself, I'm going to be married by the time I'm 26 and I'm going to have kids and everything like that. And so when I was like, when 26 rolled around and I was like, in a rehab, Mm -hmm. I was like, what the hell is going on with my life? Like, I didn't meet any of these expectations, but then at that moment, I wasn't looking at all the accomplishments I've done. Like people don't, when you're, when you're getting sober, a lot of times we don't think how big that truly is. We're just like, oh, that's just whatever you know that's just something you have to do and yeah a lot of people like on the outside will tell us and then much later on we're like wow that actually was like a big deal like you know but like I wasn't thinking about any of the things that I had actually gotten in my life and worked hard towards and I think the problem with putting a age limit like you want to be this at 26 I think a lot of your situation that with the cause a lot of problems because of the fact that, well, I'm 26. I need to get married. Here's a guy, you know, he's not the right guy. And we, you know, we're trying our, trying with everything we can to hold it together so that, Hey, maybe, okay. If I can't make it by 26, maybe 26 and a half, you know? And I think that's, I think that's for everybody when they set unrealistic goals on you know that shouldn't be a goal. Married and kids shouldn't be a goal. That should be a life, just a, just be something that happens. Yeah. You know, I yeah. completely agree with that. And they actually teach you. I mean, I've learned from some people in manifesting yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. You know, when we're working with like spirit and that kind of stuff, that's like why I have like kind of like a hard time with smart goals you know like that people do like where you make it time relevant so you have to put a time limit on it so like I've noticed like when I put a time limit on manifesting and other people have said this as well like oh I'm gonna manifest ten thousand dollars in one month that's like putting restrictions on the universe providing to you. So I it's understand. the same thing. When we, ha- when we put that expectation on our lives, we're, we're then taking control back into our life and we're not allowing spirit in the universe to bring us the right experiences and the better experiences when we ne- when we truly need them in our life and when they're going to benefit us the most. Right. I think there's, you know, dream boards and you know, little lists, the manifestations of what you're looking for. I think they're really good because they help you to keep yourself on track. I just don't think they need time limits. Like, yeah, I think it's funny that both my husband and I we manifested each other. We both had a list of what we were looking for, and uh, I think I think he hit everything except for one thing on the list, but that's okay. Um, And then I think I. I think I was, I think same thing, maybe just one thing. I can't remember what the one thing was on his list. I'll have to dig out his list and see what it was. But I just think that was really interesting. I never wanted a time frame, but I was like, God, when I'm ready, these are how I'll know it's from you. If this person has this, 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 this. <laughs> then I'll know that this is okay. But anyone else, I'm running. <laughs> yeah. And I think that leads into a great point of like some of the ways that we deal with grief. Mm-hmm. Because I like to say this a lot, like if you're grieving a relationship or anything like that, one of the first things that I go to or I want to do, I'm building that ideal list. Mm-hmm. And can you share what, what that kind of list is for you? Because when you did that, then I kind of like later did one for myself, but like, and it worked too. So like, you want to share like what, how you did that or like my, what I was looking for, like, yeah, just like all the detail, like, you don't have to name specific things, but just like, for example, like if I just have written out a list of things that, I would know that it was, this was the person that was for me when, when I met that person, I was set up on a blind date, which I've never done. I've never gone out with anybody that I don't know ever. I don't even like, I would even like a girlfriend. I mean, I just had never done that before and uh, we were set up on a blind date, but I had a list of, you know, needs to drive a white Toyota. (laughs) I mean, just stupid things that would be like eye-opening that it was like white Toyota own a house um handy you know like construction like could fix things or build things and um just a lot of and so my blind date as a white Toyota truck truck had to be a white truck Toyota truck mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah just there are certain things that you know it just had to be, had to love my kids had to you know and he's you know Been all in, so yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really great thing. Like if you're if you're grieving a relationship, I have found it so much better to look towards the future. Well, obviously, staying in the moment and trying to hit that relationship, but a great tool to heal from that relationship is to write an ideal list of all the qualities you want in a relationship. And it's not gonna be like all the qualities of your previous relationship. Like you need to write the qualities that you want in your future relationship on a list. And if you wanna get detailed, like putting a white Toyota truck in there, get detailed. Well, I had been burned twice. And so this was like a, it had to be something that was, Boom, you could see it. Okay, I'll go on a date with you. (laughs) You Yeah, totally. So,
1: so So
0: I had lots of qualities too that were not like that. But yeah, so yeah, so like you're looking at like, is a great communicator, all that kind of stuff, and then writing all that down. And I think like going back to that list, you know, whether it's weekly, daily, however much you need to do it, but definitely reviewing it at least once a month is great because then it helps you. When you're going through that dating life and everything like that, it helps you to realize who you actually want in your life. But at the same time, you're manifesting that person into your life. Yeah. Well, with, for me, it had to be that because that detail oriented because of the fact that I was going through therapy with, and, you know, I had come from, she told me that I was an enabler, codependent, and they, alcoholics and gamblers and all these kind of people see me coming and I didn't want so I had to heal or I was gonna get that in my next relationship and I had no I did not want anything to do with that. So I was like, I don't need to see anybody. I'm good with it. But if this is I might consider dating if, you know, these kind of things were there. And so I mean poor Matt, our first one of our first uh we went to a casino right off in the beginning and I'm like watching him like crazy is he gonna gamble oh god this could be it it could be over and no he doesn't gamble so, or and he doesn't drink I mean he does drink but he doesn't drink alcoholically I mean he his addiction is coffee that's his problem yeah. <laughs> so I think that's a really great point too is like if you're going to work on an idealist and everything like that and you want to like manifest something new into your life You have to heal because you're never going to be ready for that experience unless you don't heal. I think some of the best ways to heal when you're grieving uh, is, you know, you like let yourself isolate temporarily Mm -hmm. a few days, be with your thoughts, be with, you know, what's going on, feel your emotions, really get into allowing yourself. To feel how heavy that weight is. But give yourself a time frame on it. And then after that time frame is done, whether that's I would say like a week max, but you know, everyone's different. Then you go out and you could start talking to people again reaching out for help, doing the things that feel uncomfortable for you that you know is going to help you. So a lot of times our egos try and make us feel stuck in that pain, that agony, and we don't want to do it. We don't want to do anything that's going to help us. But the best things for us are often the times that the ego doesn't want us to do. So I've, I've always known, I always feel that feeling of like, okay, so just a completely different example would be like, oh, I didn't want to um, like present ever. Cause I was terrified of presenting. So my ego would be like, say no, if someone asks you to present, but I'm like, well, I know I should do that in order to get better. So it's like, you know what you need to do. So I think like whether that's going to therapy, asking people for support, like relying on your friends and your family through that time. A huge one is working on it with spirit. I think like praying, you know, even if you don't have like a big relationship with spirit or you're scared or whatever it is, like you can use that opportunity to truly reach back out to spirit and connect with that. Um, giving your problems over to like whoever resonates with you. Like saying, the universe, this is too heavy of emotions for me. Please allow healing into my life. Mm-hmm. Archangel Raphael, please allow healing to come into my life so I can see why this experience happened. Mm-hmm. And I think like when we do that and we rely on, community through support and, um, working on ourselves, returning within and doing the journaling and things like that. And then going to spirit and doing some praying and, um, meditating, whatever resonates with you, but asking for help for something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. We then, As we move through this healing process, because it's not going to happen overnight like society wants it to be, we allow ourselves as much time as we need to go through that healing experience, but we gain clarity and understand why that happened. Mm -hmm. At the time, we may be really freaking frustrated if we're religious or if we're spiritual. We may be extremely frustrated to see like, why did that get taken from me? Like that was like what I wanted, you know, but like then as time moves on, we can truly see why that experience happened. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, for you, could you see that with your previous relationships? Oh yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't happy, and God bought me something better. Yeah, and you, you have been with your like my stepdad for a long time. A long time. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what happened like with me too, is like when I, when I was like going through that pregnancy loss, I was like so upset in that moment. And I was like really holding on to that resentment for a long time. And then once I got sober and started to work through that, I was like, wow, if that would have ha- if that wouldn't have happened, I probably wouldn't have gotten sober, which is like, wow, like. That was like a catalyst sent from God to help me get sober, to realize what I was doing in that moment was not serving me. That relationship that I was in was not serving me. If I would have had that baby, that would have not been a good relationship to have to deal with, to raise a child with that specific person. And God allowed that experience to remove me from that, wake me up, and move forward in my life. I love that. You're right. And that's where you can start to eventually see the blessings that come from the pain. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing just really quickly. I think like resentment is something that happens often when we we may resent people, places, things, or our higher power or spirit um, because something was taken from us. We, we go through this like phase where we may be like really upset because of the loss. Then we get to a place of like anger and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that anger really can limit us so much. And I think what we have to do is like, allow ourselves to feel that anger, allow ourselves to feel that resentment in a healthy way. Like I think one of the best ways is like writing about it and journaling, like, and talking about it to a trusted source, why you are so angry. You then like, instead of just keeping it all inside, you know, because if you're just going to keep it all inside, it's going to eventually manifest into other ways. And I think like when we, when we allow ourselves to feel that anger and we're, we're talking to someone or maybe writing it down on paper, we can change our perspective on that anger and that resentment and start to see a different way. Mm-hmm. And then that allows healing too. So there's different stages of grief that we have to go through. And there's different types of grief. I mean, some is some is a lot more devastating than, than others. So. Yeah. And I think like there's a lot of people – you know, now that maybe they've lost someone to coronavirus or they've lost a job due to coronavirus or anything like that. But, you know, I think using those tools of community support, mm-hmm. going inward and healing within by working, you know, doing self care and journaling and, um, that kind of stuff. And then relying on spirit to help get you through that process. And then also working with that, like trusted support is going to be crucial in to with grieving. And I think a lot of times we don't, um, we don't allow ourselves the healing time that we truly need and just know that time is going to get you through this eventually, as long as you are doing the next right action. So true. I totally agree. So what is one tip that you would give to someone grieving right now that's doing, you know, that's really heavy on their hearts? One tip would be to reach out to people. What's really hard when you're going through grieving, a lot of people don't know what to say, what to do. And if, you know, when you're when you're in that situation, if you reach out and just tell people what you need, just be there, just sit on my couch next to me while, you know, while I cry, you know, don't talk to me just, you know, or whatever it is that you need, or it's Um, a lot. That's what I would do. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Like, and I'm terrible at that. Yeah, I think telling people what you need because sometimes people are just going to say things and you may not want to hear the advice that they have to give in that moment. That you may just want them to listen while you vent. So that's really great. I think for me, what has been like really helpful is like one tip I would give is to rely on spirit and really find Mm this, allow this time to find your spirituality again because they are going to help get you through this and allow you to see the light. Of what is next to come and get you excited for the future again. Agreed. Okay, I think with that, um, do you want to pull a card? Okay. So this card will be pulled for our listeners for the rest of their week. So two. One that need to pull two. The moon. Listen to your intuition and pay attention to signs from the divine. Unnecessary worry. Let go of your fears, revelations that you will, that will make everything else clear. And then the magician magic is alive in your life. What you need to be a success will manifest. If you believe it, you can do it. I love that. I think that's great. Everyone got a three card reading. Yeah. I think, you know, with the moon, you know, it's definitely, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Let go of that worry. Trust that everything is going to be okay with the process and things that are going to come into your life will come into your life when they're going to happen. You know, there's going to be, depending on like where you are, there may be some pain going on. There may be some civil unrest going on or anything like that. Stay safe and rely on spirit and know and trust that everything is going to be okay. What was the other card? Magic is alive in your life. What you need to be a successful manifest if you believe you can do it. Yep, so so perfect. I think that is great for manifesting new things into your life. You know, as old things start to fade away, maybe we, we, we want them to have, like we want them still in our lives. We allow ourselves to go through that grieving process, heal, once we're healed, we can start to manifest those new things that, we want into our lives so we hope you enjoyed this topic as much as we did don't forget to use the hashtag #ThinkingOfGaia when you tweet your thoughts about this episode we are excited to connect with you again this Music. is Samantha and I am Justine and you just listened to Project Gaia yay, yay. bye for listening we will see you next Friday when we talk about I am an addict and what you need to know. Feel free to share your thoughts through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find and tag us on everything at Project Gaia Pod.